0: Another episode of the Hot Sheet Podcast. If uh, you're a regular listener, you know by now who's hosting. I'm Josh in North Carolina. He's Jeff in Massachusetts. I am the bear. He is the parrot. Parrot, how are you doing?
1: Not too bad, man. You know, flying here, flying there. I've been a beach parrot the last couple of days down in uh, the Cape Cod League. So, you know, been enjoying that a little bit. Uh, Got to see some players for... 23, 24, and 25 over the last couple of days. So hopefully uh, a couple of those guys turn out to be studs. Maybe some of them get drafted by my system and make my reports a little bit easier.
0: <laughs> the um, You say beach parrots. It's funny. I was looking through old hard drives the other day, and uh, apparently I was at Dunedin at some point at their minor league complex, and I took video of parrots because they were really? parrots nesting in the light standards. And I took video of it because that's what I do. That's and- funny
1: because I, I want to move to Dunedin. So I want to be? I want to be a Dunedin parrot,
0: and I took video of an osprey who was carrying a giant thing of sticks and moss and whatever back to its nest. So I have osprey video, I've got uh, a green parrot video. I've got <laughs> there was another one where I thought I was being, uh, you know, Steven Spielberg of, uh, or at least Steven Spielberg Simpsons reference uh of minor league backfield and there's a guy named brian lizardo who was pitching and there was a lizard right in front of me so i shoot lizard shoot lizardo lizard lizardo up down up down and uh and that never saw the light of day i don't think but uh it amuses (laughs) me when i find it on our hard drives and that's really all that we're all, all that matters that's the whole point of this is my amusement anyway we're on the hot sheet podcast because we put out a hot sheet this week, just like we do most every weekend season. And, uh, this week it's got some good players on it. Um, I'm going to start with the number two guy, Luis Matos, who is in BA vernacular, a personal cheese ball. Uh, in 21 I went bananas over him because he was crushing it and had gotten good reports, uh, coming out of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, at the backfield the instructs and all that good stuff and then he backed it up in the cal league and last year things didn't go so well he was hurt he didn't perform super well in eugene um and it kind of was between approaches if i remember correctly whereas in the cal league you know some of his stats were masked, uh, kind of masked to the fact that he basically swung at anything with stitches and he hit all the things with stitches uh, and then he, they, they asked him to be a little more selective, and he went kind of too far and got himself into bad counts and made a lot of bad contact on pitchers' pitches. Well, this year, he uh, has come out and has been gangbusters. He crushed it in Richmond and quickly moved up to Sacramento, one step from San Francisco. And uh, this week, went, uh, he went beyond bananas. He went plantains. He hit five home runs this week which is incredible because he hit four all year prior and these were not cheapies if you watch the little video that you that's out there um it's a quick whippy just powerful bat and he um he tenderized some of these baseballs there were a couple there were a couple that snuck over the wall but they were still hit hard i mean one of them i saw went 440 which is pretty darn good to me I, i know how far feet are and uh, yeah, he's a really, really exciting player. He's not striking out a ton. He's walking a fair amount. He looks like um, he could be in San Francisco at some point this summer. What do you think of Luis Matos there, Parrot?
1: I think it's a, you know, he's taken step forwards in terms of the swing decisions. Those have improved tremendously over the last year. You know, we know that he's always had bat-to-ball spill, sk- spills. Bat-to-ball skills really in spades there was never much question that you know matos is going to put the bat on the ball just a matter of is he swinging at the right pitches and sort of optimizing that and so far this year he has i mean he's running incredibly high contact rates um you know in terms of like the scores that i put out there for the big three he's in the 95th percentile for his age uh in terms of contact running like an 85 86 percent contact rate um the swing decision the, swishin, eh, the swing decisions are fine um he's sort of below that 30 chase rate which i think for him is big just means he's cutting out sort of the bad pitches that i think he was swinging out of the zone this is a guy that ran a 35 percent plus sort of chase rate for a long period of time and he's hitting the ball, ball harder than he ever has um you know he's got a near 105 mile per hour 90th percentile um which impact wise actually puts him in like the 70th percentile for his age, which is pretty good when you consider he's 21 in the upper minors. Um, and, you know, if this guy is making better swing decisions at the plate, we know about the bat to ball skills. We know about the defensive skills and he's hitting the ball harder. Yeah. I think this is what a lot of us had anticipated coming into last year, where I think I had him pegged as a potential breakup prospect and a guy that could move into the top 50 to 30. Um, on our top 100. And I think, you know, a year later we're in a year too early, which happens quite frequently, but I think we're seeing it now. So um, it's a testament to not giving up on talented players when they struggle. Um, It's not linear. You know, there's a lot of recency bias. I feel like in the prospect space right now, and a lot of people who treat prospecting and ranking and talking about prospects, like the stock market, where you know three-week samples can have monumental swings in rankings, and I just think that's that's not accurate to what reality is.
0: As someone who has said many times that I believe my my uh, love of prospecting comes from my uh, stockbroker father and stockbroker brother, and <laughs> whatever genetics uh, lie therein, um, and also my terrible math skills. Um, he took that personally, you know, that, that hurt Jeff, but I get what you're saying. Um, (laughs) I I understand, you know, we're talking before the the podcast about, you know, bet on tools and that's sometimes those tools don't show up fully immediately and they don't translate to big numbers immediately, but you still like to bet on them. Every time you see them, Um, Mm -hmm. sometimes I mean, look at Leody Tavares. I don't know if he's going to sustain this, it took a while and it's not like he's 45 years old right now i believe he's 25 it just took him a little longer um yeah exactly to, to, to be what he is um which is a guy who's hitting for pretty good average a little bit of power and he can play center a field and that's kind of what his scouting report was coming <laughs> up it just took him a, lo- a little while to get there you know yeah. So um we'll move down further on the list uh you mentioned before the podcast that you want to talk about one jordan lawler Speaking of betting on the tools, despite a you know not so great baseball card line, despite being in Amarillo, I, I thought he would hit like 500 in Amarillo, but hasn't turned out that way. Looks like he, he wound up on the hot sheet this week. Jeff, what do you like about Jordan Lawler?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, um, it's funny. I was a little bit lower on Lawler, um, you know, heading into last season i think than maybe some others were um but when we look at lawler he's taken a pretty big step forward uh in terms of his impact he's hitting the ball harder than he ever has in his career right now um still like good plate skills he rarely chases he has an excellent chase rate um the bats of ball skills have ticked down a little bit this year but i think some of that can be expected when you're talking about you know, a player that is 20 years old in double A, regardless of how positive the run environment he's in is, I still think you need to sort of keep some of that in mind. Like, you know, these guys, once again, like it's not, it's not linear. We're going to see periods where guys like this struggle for a couple of months to get adjusted to a new level. You know, he wasn't tremendous um, in his short sample last year. Um you know with double-a amarillo he hit what 212 299 353 um, so I just think that you know you have to look at some of these guys you got to look at what the ability is the skills you know, the tools the true talent and just you know sort of bet on those tools turning into skills and and sort of developing um, and you know he's hit pretty well in Amarillo he struggled a little bit away from Amarillo um, but you know over the last two weeks you um, one of which this most recent series was actually in Midland, so it was not a home series for him. But over the last two weeks, he's actually hitting 375, 400, 708. He's got uh, three home runs, a triple, and five doubles over that period. Um, two walks to seven strikeouts. I think last week, you know, if we, we just look at the numbers that are on the hot sheet, um, hit 407, 429. 704, um, had a homer, a triple, three doubles, and uh, one walk, two strikeouts, and a couple of steals. So I, I said it in the hot sheet, but I, I think that what you saw last week from Waller was that really balanced skill set, the ability to play shortstop, but also impact the game with power, um, you know, bat to ball skills. Um, I think the on base ability, though, was only one walk, he only struck out twice. He was seeing beach balls, but also make a difference in terms of, you know, running in the base path. So there's a variety of skills there. You know, I don't know if there's maybe any 70 tools, um, but there's a whole lot of 55-plus. So that's a very worthwhile player, one of the top prospects in the game. And um, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he goes in a tear in the second half of the season and the final line ends up being excellent.
0: I, I agree with you, Jeff. He's a, a really good prospect, and sometimes you have to wait. Um mm. Marco Luciano's that way in uh in Richmond. You know, I I've mentioned before how I've cursed a lot of Red Sox prospects this year. Giants hitters aren't doing so great uh when I watch them. Uh Luciano looked I, I don't know why we're taking a Luciano tangent. He's not on the hot sheet, but he did have a good close this week with three bombs in the last two games, including a granny. Um uh, I saw him last week for one game and he could not have looked more out of sync. And then he did not play the next game. And then I left. And then all of a sudden he went bananas and Damn. Wade Meckler came back, just like when I went to Eugene and Wade Meckler was on the IL and came back the day after I left. So if I'm at a giants affiliate and I leave, I expect Wade Meckler to be in the lineup the next day. I don't care if that's San Jose or Eugene. somehow Wade Meckler will be there after I leave. That's I mean, I don't know if that's an Oregon state Oregon thing, but um, it's been pretty uncanny <laughs> Whenever I leave, that guy gets back in the lineup. Anyhow, back to the hot sheet. Now, we'll move back up the board since we're just going willy-nilly like uh, the Price is Right uh, mountain climber. We'll go to Drew Thorpe at number seven. Yankees pitching overall had just an outstanding week. Everywhere you turned, it was dudes punching out 10, 11, and in Drew Thorpe's case, 12. He had the best start of his career, struck out, 12 over seven, five hit, no walk innings, shutout innings uh, for Hudson Valley. And he and Chase Hampton are both knocking on the door, in my opinion, of uh, AA Somerset here very shortly. You know, for the midseason update, Hampton's still in the Yankees' top 10. And he's, you know, they still would like to see him add more velocity. But he's got enough command of both the slider and that nasty change of his to really rack up the swings and misses, uh, especially at high A. And when, if and when he does get to double A, we will see you know, how well that, those skills translate to uh, the upper levels. But they, like I said, they have not been shy about the fact that they do want him to add velocity. I and mean, they are, I uh, believe, the hardest throwing organization in baseball, um, along with the Dodgers. They're, they're right there. But their mm-hmm. minor pitchers throw very, very hard. Uh, and they like to add velocity um, as much as possible. Drew Thorpe, right now, uh, isn't quite there, but he's got, you know, he's, he's in that mold recently where we've seen college strike throwers get them into pro ball and you try to add velocity onto them without sacrificing control and command and crispness of their, their off, off speed stuff. Jeff, I believe you've, you've dealt with Mr. Thorpe before. What do you think?
1: Um, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, from a pitchability standpoint, Thorpe is is interesting. Um, you know, it's not the type of stuff that's really going to sort of jump out at you. Um, you know, and it's funny because I think. Though he went higher in the drafts, certainly, you know, his teammate Chase Hampton has uh, <laughs> sort of jumped Thorpe um in terms of what you know uh he's capable of and certainly more the, the style of picture that that i'm interested in um but I, you know i will say that you know i think i think the thing with thorpe is that he is incredibly polished um you know he's not sort of without any stuff whatsoever because it is a really it's actually an excellent change of probably one of the better change-ups in the minor leagues the slider is is pretty good he sort of uses it um, in sort of equal uh, fashion to the the fastball um, and it's a it's also a pretty good pitch you know um, sort of mid low to mid 80s um, you know there's not a ton of sweep on it but it does have some sweep there is some some horizontal um, his changeup is is really kind of interesting it's 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 almost like a slower fat like it it models itself it's very bugs bunny like where it like models itself after the fastball with a lot more run it almost looks like a a slow two seamer it's a a very unusual pitch quite frankly um but a good one and uh you know he's he's seen results with that pitch it's a pretty deep pitch mix i mean i think he mixes uh the four seamer the slider a changeup. Um, I believe he's got a, a, a cut fastball as well uh, and a curveball. So he can mix it up. You know, definitely a pitchability guy, uh, in my opinion. Um, does have some hop on the fastball, so it's, it's not too, too bad. Um, but it's sort of a lower 90s fastball sitting like 91 and 92. So a fine pitcher. Um, more of a back-end starter, I think, in my mind. But um, that's, not, that's not a bad player, of course, you know. It's, a, it's like- a big leader.
0: That you just attempted to quantify uh, Bugs Bunny's changeup. You say it's like a Bugs Bunny's changeup in that it has these properties and characteristics. I'm like, I don't know if Bugs Bunny's well, changeup was that serious.
1: No, well, like Bugs Bugs Bunny didn't throw like one of these cascading changeups. It was just a slower <laughs> version of the fastball. Like that's but that's what when someone says a Bugs Bunny changeup, that's what it means. Like it, it's like it moves like the fastball, it's just slower, right? So it's coming from a similar spot, it's moving in a similar fashion, similar tilt, but it's just slower. There's a vertical, there's a vertical, excuse me, a velocity separation versus like a vertical separation, which is like one of those cascading change ups that has, you know, a, a lot of a lot of tumble on it.
0: I mean, it also goes whoop 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 on the way to home. Yeah,
1: too. yeah, yeah. It also it makes three that noise.
0: It noise on the way. Yeah, to it home does. Play. It squeaks. I wonder what grip Bugs Bunny used, and you know, did did he go to drive line in the offseason to find the The ultimate And and does the lack of of of, you know all the fingers and thumbs really kind of hurt him? Because did he have to throw a split change because he's only got two like digits on his paw?
1: It makes it easier, man. He's cartoonish, so like his fingers stretch in ways that ours don't. I I actually believe that he trained at Acme.
0: Well, I, I I heard he's got a lot of hop on his fastball. A ton. Yeah. <laughs> On that lovely note, we will take our first and only, I think, ad break right now.
3: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed.
2: That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time.
1: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just
2: $6.
1: Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item
2: at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
0: And we are back. Now that we've talked about some players in the hot sheet and dissected cartoon change-ups, uh, let's talk about what we're doing this week, you know. Uh, last week, we talked about myself going to Richmond for a couple days to see Jared Jones and Carson Wisenhunt. If you follow Bapper, you saw one of my mega Bappers from Richmond featuring <laughs> Jared Jones uh, at the lead. And I believe uh, if you look tomorrow on the site, you will see one led by Carson Wizenhunt. I talked to him after uh, his start the first day I was there. And he starts tonight, so uh, if he performs well, he will lead another edition of Mega Bapper, and uh, <laughs> and we'll have some quotes from him. I, I thought he was really fascinating breaking down you know why he doesn't have one changeup; he has three, um, and it was it was pretty good to talk to him because watching it, and I'm not spoiling everything here, but watching it, I was like, oh, wait a minute, he uses he's got at least three different shapes on these changeups. Let me see if they're three different grips or whatever, and you know, he told me so. Uh, if he, if he perform, performs well, stay tuned. If not, you know, wait till the next time he performs well, and I'll I'll spill all the secrets. Um, but I did that last week, and this week uh, there are more teams around here, so I am actually going to go delve into the amateur world a little later today. Uh, the 17U teams tournament, some some sort of 17U event, is over in Cary, and I'm going to go take some vidya for. Ben Badler and co for their various lists. And there's, uh, there's one team out there that I read it up to, to, Jeff earlier. There's like 20 members of our 2024 top 100 on the team. So I'm just going to set up my cameras and let it roll. Um, but also when I get out to these professional games, uh, Austin Charles just got promoted to Columbia and Columbia is in Fayetteville this week. So I'll go see him. And they've got a lot of arms on their team, even with Frank Mazzucato injured. Canapolis uh, is in down East. And they have uh, Noah Schultz, so I think I will go see them, uh, him at the very least. Uh, Durham has Syracuse, and they just got Mike Vassell, and they've also got Ronnie Mauricio if he's healed up. Uh, I'm not sure he's going to actually be on the field. But there are, as always, a lot of choices in in the, the area around here. Jeff, what are you going to see? Well, I really only got two choices because
1: Worcester and Hartford are out of town. You know, I don't get any of the good International League teams coming through Worcester this year. I swear to God. So they're in Norfolk <laughs> this week as opposed to them, uh, uh, Norfolk coming here. Um, so And then Lehigh Valley is their next team, which I think has like been here three times already. And if you follow the upper minors of the, of the, the Philly system, not stacked not stacked and i've already seen double a which i think is like probably one of their more robust lineups and pitching staffs with abel and mcgarry and some of the guys out of the bullpen like baker and schultz and those guys so um it's sort of two options i can go see akron in new hampshire um which it's will dion versus samra bercy tonight uh, I don't know if I can make the game tomorrow night because uh, it's, I think, my, last, my son's last baseball game of the year, and my daughter has a softball game at the same time. So us two parents need to split up and go to one game each. So I got to pick one of those. Not going to be able to do that. Uh, I also have Brody Breck going tonight uh, in the Cape Cod League. There's another interesting freshman from Bryant going in Wareham, which is a little bit closer, considering that a little bit as well. Um, So I do have the full Cape Cod League going right now. So I will pretty much have a game that I could potentially go to every night with some prospects. Um, I haven't decided yet where I'm going to go this evening sometime during the week. My plan was initially to do Cape earlier in the week. And then over the weekends where it gets busier down the Cape, shoot up in New Hampshire where it's a little bit more low key. So you see some of those Akron hitters, see some of those pitchers, wanted to see um, Chad Dallas go as well um but i think he's going tomorrow night so probably not going to have an opportunity to see him so still kind of up in the air where i'm going to go but it's going to be cape cod league or new hampshire because those are my options josh
0: well and i would like to correct uh, a blatant misstatement on my part uh charlotte is in durham this week so i will not be seeing mike (laughs) vassal or ronnie mariso no matter what they uh do so that's charlotte at durham not syracuse at durham uh, also this week, we're continuing to roll out our updated top 30s. I have the Yankees and Marlins, which are both on the site, and the Guardians, which are also on the site. I just submitted the Pirates. I also have the Giants and the Rangers. Uh, those will continue to go out all week, and we're you know, getting there. I'm putting the mega draft preview to bed. I believe it's 100 pages. I think I've read, maybe not 100 pages. It's, it's, a, it's a fairly sizable issue. Uh, and I've read probably 30 pages of it so far got some more to read as soon as we're done recording here. Um, great content, as always, by the draft guys, which is pretty much everyone but me and Matt Eddy, um, <laughs> who's uh, contributed scouting reports in some way, shape, form, or fashion. I always like kind of reading it, reading reports uh, of the top 100 players from a someone who sees almost exclusively pro ball standpoint, and then kind of Saying, okay, this player jumps out to me because of this, just based on their report. And this player doesn't sound as good, despite all the hype, based on their report. Um, and it's just kind of interesting to look at it as, as a different lens. I'm just excited. There is that phenomenon every year where some sure. hyped draft guy will go in the first round and then just will absolutely get brutalized by professional scouting um, almost instantly. And sometimes it turns out to be right. Uh Jeff, which, which teams did you do for the top 30s? So on the uh, the
1: AL East, I had uh, most of the division. <laughs> I had the Orioles, I had the Red Sox, and I had the Blue Jays. I had the Braves and the NL East. Um, for the NL Central, I have the Cardinals. For the AL West, I have the Astros. And for the NL West, I have the Rockies. So um, already sort of more than halfway through Uh, my top 30 updates here for June. Um, I feel like these are some of the bigger updates just simply because it's not draft guys where we have reports and just have to sort of update those slightly, tweak them a little bit. It's more, all right, we haven't done these rankings really since December, November, and we need to sort of move the list around. There's a lot of players that have popped over the last two months. Um, And I, I feel like with some of my systems, particularly the Blue Jays, that sort of like 16 to 30 group is very much in flux, very fluid. Um, so I think I, add, there were like nine players. <laughs> I think I added on that list. I swear to God, um, less on the red Sox, a few on the Baltimore Orioles, but uh, I feel like they're so deep with prospects that it's just trying to really, the, the work there is shaking out who the best players are. Cause there's a lot of talented guys and, you kind of get into that, that middle range. You're like, well, there's a four or five different ways that could go with this. Um, you know, you have somebody like Kyle Stowers, who's like nine at bats away from graduating. Um, and then like the Braves list for me is a little bit tougher because I don't cover the Braves year rounds. I don't get to see any of their affiliates. So I don't have any firsthand, um, knowledge. I haven't seen, um, you know, any Braves spring training games. So, for me, it was like having to really reach out to some contacts that maybe um, I don't work as closely with consistently and kind of get feedback there. Um, and the other thing is there's not a lot of separation from like four <laughs> to like 25 in the Brave system. So um, it's very small margins in terms of trying to shake out All right, who's the best player talking to scouts, talking to front office folks, looking at numbers, watching some tape and video, et cetera, and then just trying to figure out, all right, where do these guys shake out? What are tool grades on players that I'm adding, et cetera, et cetera?
0: Yeah, it's a whole process. And some of these guys, you know, I have some weaker systems. I have some stronger systems. I don't have any real standout systems. Um, There have been some guys that popped up. We've mentioned Chase Hampton in the Yankees system, Braxton Ashcraft with the Pirates, Victor Mesa took a Victor Mesa Jr. took a big leap in the Marlins system. Uh, Guardians, Brian Rocchio really didn't you know, jump a huge, but his his reports have been really loud. Um, yeah, and I, I'm not going to reveal the other two systems just yet. I got to keep a little mystique and uh, aura about it. I've heard those two those two people show up at playoff games sometimes. Mm. Um, but, yeah, that's what we're doing this week, and that's pretty much it. Jeff, any, fa- any final thoughts?
1: Um, yeah, sorry. I got an email from my, uh, my son's vice president, and she used the term brain break, and that just made my brain break for a second. So, uh, sorry. I got, I got sidetracked, Joshua. I called you Joshua. Probably don't like that. Josh is going to get angry at me. He's going to say, cut that out of the podcast. Yeah, I don't
2: don't need the Uh,
0: at the end of my name. Uh, (laughs) Josh, I am the bear. That's that's what I am. Um, In any case, for the parrot in Massachusetts, I am the bear in North Carolina saying goodbye and see you next week.